All right, everybody, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Cyber Recap event. We have 20 plus special guests, and this is actually being live streamed and simulcasted in not only my channel, I'm Herbert. This is the Brighter with Herbert YouTube channel. It's also being live streamed at Farzad Mazbahi's YouTube channel, at John's, at Tesla owner Silicon Valley's channel, Brian White at his My Tesla Weekend channel, and Lee at the Tesla Economist channel, as well as Chuck Cook. And we all know Chuck Cook really well. So thank you everybody for joining. We're gonna have uh, from one o'clock to three o'clock Pacific time, we're going to have the, the Tesla community come together. And I think that, you know, we all know what's happened to the stock this year, but I think one of the most important things is this community. I've become friends with so many folks. I know many of us have, and we need each other to support each other, but to also support this mission. So welcome everybody. Farzad, what's your thinking here? Why did you decide to, you know, be part of this community? And you just sort of took off all this year, right? What happened? It because you uh, you asked me to be on the channel and you sent me a check for a trillion dollars. That's why, bro. Come on now. No, it's it's obviously it's it's because I, you know, I, I view this community as just a, it's it feels like family. You know, I think there's a lot of folks that have sort of joined in together that really believe in, um, you know, what Tesla is doing. A lot of the awesome things that are happening in the space. And uh, look at how many people there are on screen right now, bro. This is crazy. <laughs> That's We're so still fun, waiting for Kristen to join. Yeah, yeah, a... she'll join us, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm just I'm just very grateful to be a, a part of this community with y'all. And it's just it's great. So yeah, thank you for thank you for putting all this together, Herbert. I'm, I'm just I feel very grateful and honored to be uh, surrounded by these beautiful people. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So I think there's really no format for today, except that we can keep it freeform. But I do want to give each person like a, maybe a five minutes chance to we I'll ask them a question or anybody here can ask that person a question. So why don't we start with you, Brian, my Tesla weekend. Here's what I did. I went to chat GPT and I asked chat GPT <laughs> to give, give me questions to, to get to know me better. So this is actually get to know chat GPT questions. OK, so the first question is, what is your primary function? <laughs> wow, what is my primary function? Okay, well, I've got a bunch of great answers to that. So the first thing I do is I watch the factories, man. I watch them like nobody else. I watch them uh, obsessively closely, I guess you could say. <laughs> I, uh, I track them. I track them um, in ways that uh, almost don't make sense. I go through square by square. I make forward-looking uh, projections and predictions, which more often than not come true. And I follow each of them. Uh, I get inside, as it were. I get, uh, I may have a source at almost every factory who gives me some information. But basically, I know what's going on kind of everywhere, kind of all the time. And uh, it's kind of fun because uh, it's pretty regular where I'll be on Twitter and, uh, and somebody will ask Herbert a question. And Herbert will say, I know who can answer that. <laughs> I know who can answer that. And so it comes over to me and uh, I do have, um, yeah, uh, some some answers from time to time. So it's, yeah, it's that's most of what I do. I also do the quarterly production predictions and I'm pretty darn close. Um, certainly closer than Wall Street, but I mean, who isn't? And uh, yeah, and closer than a lot of uh, the bigger names. Uh, and one of these days... Uh, people will find out and I'll no longer be the best kept secret on uh, <laughs> on on YouTube. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. You're so yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's uh, let's let's jump to you, Jason. Um, it says, "How were you trained? How was I trained? Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, probably uh, trained for what? <laughs> that would be my question. Uh, I'm a, I mean, I'm a trained kind of engineer, uh, mostly self-taught engineer, and uh, also I don't consider myself an investor, like an actual like expert in finance and finances. Um, so I'm more of like a just somebody with high conviction in Tesla because I've been doing research for so long, but uh, yeah, what, you know, how was I trained? I'm just kind of a uh, very self-taught in a lot of things. Right. Um, and uh, I guess I've already answered the previous question. What's my role uh, or what's my function? I guess I would say just sharing my, my story and being open about kind of my uh, situation with Tesla and, and my finances and, it's kind of, you know, it's fun. You know, I don't, I don't sell anything. I don't get paid. So I just do it for fun. And uh, yeah, that's probably what I do, what I'm known for. Um, pretty laid back, you know, I like to read philosophy and things like that. Share, I share some of that too on social media. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. Anybody have a question for Jason? <laughs> Crickets. How do you stay so fit, bro? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, just try Serious to work question. out every day. Thanks, yeah. man. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm in pretty decent shape. I wouldn't say I'm in like great, great shape, but uh, you know, just just make it a priority to to work out in the morning. You feel better. Um, and uh, what else? Just uh, yeah. Sometimes you don't even need a lot of workout equipment. Just do burpees or just do like 20 minutes of uh, working out every day, and that's that's better than I think. Just you know. Than doing like an hour a day you know i just i can do that consistently 20 30 minutes every day that helps me um yeah awesome thank you man yeah no i legitimately because that's one of the things that i've been trying to like really think about is like you know we have such wealth of knowledge and awesome people in the community it's like hey what are how can we draw sort of knowledge from other people and uh, that's one of the things that i'm keeping front of mind because like energy is what you use to do all the research that you need to really you know validate your investment thesis and all that stuff and I find that keeping a healthy body and, and mind is very important. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing that because yeah. I'm yeah. probably the least healthy person. <laughs> no, it goes a long way. It goes a long way. If you, if you, take, if you actually have high energy and you're pretty fit, um, it's easier to manage all the kind of highs and lows of the markets. And, you know, like I get DM'd, people ask me, oh, do I have regrets about selling Tesla? And I'm like, I'm like, look, like I feel pretty good every day. And um, I've got people that share their financial story with me too on their dms and some of it is like really heartbreaking <laughs> like some of it is like mm. you know i'm just very uh i feel very fortunate you know to be where i am at and um you know it's all about perspective at the end of the day right like you know people are way too hard on themselves and they're too hard on their bodies too you know just kind of give your body a break and just try to eat right and and stay fit um and then also emotionally psychologically don't be too hard on yourself either you know um, try to just have some perspective. There are people that have lost everything in this, in this 70% decline. And, um, you know, so just, uh, you know, we're all pretty fortunate here. I think everyone in this room is like, we're pretty damn lucky despite some of us, you know, losing shares and we're maybe upset about Elon and stuff like that. It's just, uh, you know, I think it's, it's kind of, um, it's important to kind of realize like we are pretty fortunate, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I don't uh, take anything for granted these days or try not to. So, 
Yeah. Hey, Kristen, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. So I think you might have missed this part, but I asked uh, chat GTP get to know you questions. And so I'm going to ask you one of the get to know you questions about chat GTP, I guess. What okay. do you find most interesting about the world we live in? <laughs> what do I <laughs> the current the current world we live in? <laughs> what are you um, wearing? What is this? I, I I'm up at a ski lodge i'm i'm up here for you know this winter vacation so <laughs> I, I i said i'd come on but i'm like here like we're going out in the snow and coming back but um what do i find i know <laughs> what do i find most interesting is what you asked about the world we yeah. live in um i honestly find that we all have the ability to express our voices and be heard um in a world scene like kind of like how we do with platforms on social media is is quite is quite amazing in the time we're living and i i highly enjoy learning about other people and where they're coming from and their thought processes that's something that i find interesting anybody here have questions for kristen <laughs> i've gone in the snow uh, yeah yeah actually yeah. Yeah, i have one yeah how, how did kristen how did you get started with uh with tesla and I mean, I remember watching you at the, um, like there was this, uh, episode podcast you guys did with, uh, I think Gally and Omar and you guys interviewed Elon at his house right. and, uh, right. in, in LA, that was years ago. Like, how did you guys get started with that? So I think a lot of us were just on Twitter supporting Tesla and Elon. Um, <laughs> a bunch of us had just kind of, people were shouting out on Twitter, you know, Hey, is anyone going to the 2019 Tesla shareholder event and I'd never gone and I don't think any of us had ever gone but we just random people were going to go and so we kind of started messaging each other like hey are you going let's meet up let's all go so we kind of met there and I started a, um, a group chat right away like within the same week with um, some of the people that we sat with on that third row and uh, I called it third row as a joke and third row. and we started yeah. thinking about different things we want yeah <laughs> different things yeah, we wanted was... to do to support Tesla and Elon <laughs> yeah, that was a great podcast. I watched it several times. Uh, Elon was thank you, Jason. That was one of the first times I saw Elon actually just kind of like open up and be like really approachable. And and you guys asked great questions. That was that was awesome. Um, that, yeah, watch, we man. loved it. Thank you, yeah. Jason. Yeah, I I kind of fired out the plan. We should all make ABC questions and go around about because we wanted Elon to to own this um, interview. We didn't want to make it something that we kind of pulled and did what we wanted to do because he wanted to talk about his life story so we just kind of interjected questions yeah, at, at, at yeah thank you yeah I, I enjoyed it I, i'm very thankful for it thank you all right let's go to lee so another question that chat gtp is saying that i can ask you is what kinds of uh what kinds of tasks and questions can you help with <laughs> Um, well, I, I do love talking about the economics and the finances, uh, the whole business strategy. I've always been in business. I did a business degree, economics, finance, marketing, and always had a passion about it before. Always ever, never thought of getting a job. Always just wanted to be in business my whole life. My father was in business uh, since I was born, uh, MBA. And uh, it's just always been a passion of mine, along with investing as well. I mean, I did an investing course when I was, I think, 19 or 20. Um, about how to invest in stocks and options and learned it all there and started trading heavily from there, from the after the dot-com bubble. Um, did quite well in that stage, enjoyed it and 
crashed out, cashed out most before the GFC, lost a lost a bit, a little bit in the GFC from that, but overall was up probably three x after it all. Um, and um, but then jumped into property investing from there for the last probably ten years after that, and we finally sold our properties and then got back into stock investing. The reason, the biggest reason, we were selling the property was because I wanted to invest in Tesla at the time. And it was just desperate to sell my house even to, to get in. So that, that's why it took me so long to get in. I, I wasn't in until 2017, but I wanted to, to get into Tesla from 2008, I, when I think I first heard about them, or maybe even wow. 2007, I can't remember. And I was like, wow, oh my God, they have, this, they have an electric car that can do this much range. That, that was thought impossible. How are they doing this? This, this is amazing. This is like, I, you know, I, I thought electric cars were incredible and everyone would have loved them. And they were going to be the future, but they just weren't possible until I saw this. And I was like, wow, this is this is amazing. This is a company to invest in. I wanted to be a part of it back then. And, um, you know, I, I followed it not 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 intensely since um, since then, but, you know, keeping an eye on it, seeing what's happening. Um, I was I was in uh, my business was in Google. I was uh, doing websites oh. and my, my main job was getting them ranked in Google. So I was, I was in the technology side and following it along, but uh, I was as devastated to miss out on the IPO and then seeing the IPO go up and up and up. It was it was just uh, it was frustrating and, and eventually I managed to sell my house and uh, I put a lot of it into Tesla around 2017 and um, I got my dad into it as well and my brother. But um, yeah, and then we've just been that was the only stock I did invest in the end. I, I was planning on putting together some sort of a portfolio maybe two or three stocks, but I just kept on wanting more and more Tesla and didn't diversify. So I went all in on that. And um, from there, I've just been analyzing the financials, the, uh, the the overall aggregate EV industry, the market demand, supply, and working out what is the core element of, of the EVs. And it basically comes down to batteries. So then I had to specialize in learning into as much as I could about batteries, how they all work, how to make them, uh, what batteries do what, all different applications of different chemistries, then the entire manufacturing process, the refining, even down to the mining, and working out how profitable they really will be and how scalable they are. And you can just see when it comes to that, the um, competitive advantages that Tesla have over the competition uh, through all the battery technology, as that is basically the core product of uh, any EV. So um, yeah, and I just love studying the, the business and the things that Elon does. Uh, it's almost like what I've studied in the last few years, seeing what Elon has, is almost like a, another degree in business and strategies and finding out all these ideas of, of how his mind thinks around business, like first principles thinking, obviously, along those lines, and just working out what what the way he thinks. And, you know, he, he's obviously very talented when it comes to business. So I found that quite useful as well. Almost want to go back into business myself using some of these new learned skills, um, applying them, it's motivating as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Anybody have questions for him? Well, I've got a question. Uh, since you're in, uh, you know, <clears throat> across the dateline, what advantages do you have trading Tesla from the future? Well, um, I don't have to uh, endure all the, uh, <clears throat> the carnage during the day. I just wake up with one quick, painful uh, rip of the Band-Aid <laughs> in the morning. So I don't suffer through that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got the meaning. I've just got to catch up with everything as soon as I wake up and see what's happened every morning, um, and do what I can and uh, make my decisions. But I don't have, I, I don't, you know, just got to do it quickly, really. 
Awesome. Wonderful. Okay. So Yashu, welcome. Thank you for joining me. So uh, here's a question that chat GTP is be, uh, that he's recommended to be asked it, I guess. Don't know if it's uh, <laughs> what it's, what his gender would be, but what do you find most challenging about your role? Hmm. That's a good, I, I think that's probably the first good question, uh, which is why I probably don't have an answer. Um, <laughs> I think the most challenging part could be moderating. Um, you know, and maybe Farzad can, can, I think we've chatted about this in the past, but like being able to moderate a room, because I, I look at my role as kind of like, I'm just here to hang out. Let's talk. Let's just, you know, let's discuss, let's try to get better. Let's try to learn together. That's kind of, kind of how I see everything uh, that I do. So I think moderating is hard because you have so many, especially during more turbulent polarizing times, you have so many different angles that people can hit you with. Uh, and you're trying to be this unbiased person on, you know, that's kind of trying to run this room and you're trying to manage emotions at the same time. And I know investing is not supposed to be about emotions, but, you know, let's let's be honest. Right. And so you have this kind of paradigm where it's like you, you, you kind of want to you want to have balance. But at the same time, you, you, you kind of want to have good discussion as well. So I think that's probably the hardest part. I couldn't agree more, by the way. Nice. And then you're in Vancouver, which is where I live also, man. How long have you lived there? Yep. My whole life, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Why is that unfortunate? It's awesome. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm just half kidding. It's, 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 been, it's been pretty bad the last week with snow, but it, we're kind of done with that, hopefully, for, for this year. Uh, two days left. And uh, no, but yeah, I've been here my whole life. Nice. Hey, Farza, why don't you ask a question to Matt? I know you guys are like mortal enemies. So, <laughs> Who's Matt? What are you talking about? <laughs> talking about this this weird looking guy down here? What the hell? Uh, just kidding. No, Matt. Matt's awesome. I honestly, I really respect Matt uh, so much. I, I think uh, some people may not know this, but Matt has like a thousand children. Okay, and uh, he he's a father of I say, six, right? Matt, six, six kids. Yeah. yeah, he's a father of six kids, and then he's out there uh, every single like week day. He's putting together. Uh, you know, these thoughts and, and, uh, and material for good soil on a weekly basis with Emmett. And it's always super high quality, super high quality, very insightful. And like literally today I was DMing him on Twitter, asking him about some, you know, nerdy uh, financial stuff on balance sheets, you know, trying to get myself a little bit more well-versed and he takes the time to respond. So it's like, and he, actually, for, well, he started off the, the DM, Hey nerd. Yeah, I did. So, <laughs> actually, <laughs> You were okay with that, weren't you, Matt? On Twitter, we're like, we're both like reaming into each other, and maybe don't realize that we're actually like good friends. But yeah, uh, there's a there's a special <laughs> level of a kind of a, a love hate relationship going on here, for sure. But I guess my question is, is like, what, like, what, how, how did you learn that work ethic? It does it come from something that uh, is it learnable? You know, because it, it can't. It's got to be so difficult juggling these different things. So, like, what can you share? Uh, with us, maybe some of the wisdom from having a million kids and researching Tesla at the same time. Do let us know, because I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, this this is probably not going to be an answer that a lot of people like, but I think you know, dying to self is is really kind of um, I, I found like a really freeing kind of way to live. So yeah, like a lot of the things that I want, to do, I don't you know, get to do because I, you know, want to be there emotionally for my kids and want to, you know, spend the time to 
you know, make sure that they're feeling, you know, well cared for and their, you know, kind of emotional buckets are filled. And that just doesn't leave a lot of time for me to, you know, pursue my hobbies and stuff. And I guess, fortunately, my, the things that I find interesting uh, can be construed as work because, you know, I actually love digging into, you know, 10 Qs and 10 Ks and that sort of thing uh, and doing a lot of financial analysis. So it is oddly somewhat relaxing for me to do that a little bit. But uh, yeah, this, you know, I am a, I, I'm a practicing Catholic and there's this kind of Christian notion of like, dying to self is the path to, to freedom. And, and that definitely, in my experience, has been true. And having kids, you know, I didn't really think I was a selfish person, but then like, you know, the more kids I had, the more I realized that like, no, you need to take care of the other people first. And then once you finally just stop fighting that and, and just give in and say, okay, I'm gonna stop caring, you know, about myself, not, you know, to extreme levels where you literally aren't eating or something like that, um, you know, but just putting other people's needs and wants above your own, um, it's just a, a very freeing way to live, although it, it is admittedly very exhausting at times. I appreciate the honest answer, man. No, I, I, I respect you so much, bro. And I hate you at the same time, but I really respect you. I really do. <laughs> well, only You're you awesome. could take Everybody like uh, this blueberry thing, which was a total accident. You like screwed up and now you're monetizing it with a t-shirt. So uh, that's- <laughs> you, know how many, you, know, you know how many uh, shirts I've sold of this? Zero. <laughs> oh, zero. <is that> <laughs> One so to myself, so it's then. actually a loss. <laughs> Hey, since we all love to invest in Tesla, uh, you know, investing in your family and your children is the future yeah. investment that no one can ever top. So congrats to you, Matt. It has a father of two. You know, uh, you can't invest in your future more than having uh, your legacy set and having people to take care of you when you're old. Yeah, well, you got your legacy set there, Mr. Chuck. Left turn that even Elon, it's like your name is put in the, in the Tesla, like... <laughs> Like none of us and our names are in there except you, right? <laughs> it, it was fun while it lasted, but that's over. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> What's the next thing? What are you going to do next? The robot? Uh, well, V11 is the next thing. Obviously, we're all waiting on V11, hardware 4, autopilot 4, and to determine what the next uh, sensor suite's going to be like so we can kind of get a taste of the future. I think the rhetoric around the RoboTaxi platform, the next gen platform being about RoboTaxi is the... the uh, for me, the all-in indicator that uh, level four, level five is in this RoboTaxi platform. And level three is going to be an amazing ADAS system. I'm, I'm sorry, AP3, hardware three is going to be an amazing ADAS system, I think, for a long time. Um, sticking to my thesis, I don't think we're removing the driver on AP3, hardware three. Um, so, I, yeah, but I love it. I still, I think it's an amazing platform. I love to drive it. It does uh, an amazing amount of work for us in, in many, many scenarios. Um, and I, I, yeah, but I've been testing for it a little over two years now, and it's, it's a fun little ride, a little stint with, uh, the, the V69 and the left turn, uh, and left turns are really, really pretty good, but it's still high speed cross traffic is a dangerous scenario in this current hardware configuration. So everybody needs to be careful, but I'm ready for them to let everybody taste it and drive it and, and, and figure out if we can merge these branches, um, which means everybody, you know, turns a slider on and, and, and can have uh, FSD, you know, whether they um, want to drive it in that profile or not. I, th I think we're there. Um, and, I, and I think that this uh, little situation with the anticipation around radar maybe coming out and whether or not radar is a new hardware suite or part of the RoboTaxi platform and all the leaks of all these, what, what, those Model 3s with bras on them, I thought that was hilarious. And then, uh, you know, the uh, ultrasonic sensors going away. I have to admit, that one stumped me a little more than radar actually going away. 
because I love those ultrasonic sensors when I park in my little carport. I mean, and or when I pull up to a, uh, you know, right behind a car in a parking lot, I love to know that I'm 17 inches away. And I, I just don't think vision is going to have that level of accuracy for a long time, at least for that current camera suite. So anyway, FSD is my thing. I, I you know, still, still love following Tesla, still love all the events and love seeing each of you when, when we do get to rendezvous in Austin or uh, Palo Alto this year for AI Day for a few of you. Um, 2023, I look forward to it. Giving you a ride was a, a real joy when you were. Robert, that was a fun day and, and meeting your son. And thank you for spending the time with me. Uh, and taking me up to Fremont. Uh, that was a lot of fun and getting to know you a little bit personally rather than just online. Uh, that That's uh, a cherished moment. Yeah, we went, went up to the uh, the East Bay group and got to meet a few of them too, right? You know, that woman that talked to me at, at Austin and said, it's so funny that at every Tesla event, it's like you're in a room full of cousins. And Matt, maybe you can appreciate, appreciate that being a Catholic and you probably got cousins everywhere, right? You may not know all of them, but when you're together, you all have a common thread and uh, your family and truly the Tesla family is like a big, big group of cousins. Nice. Okay. So who here does not know Robert Scoble? <laughs> no one. You guys have heard from it, heard about him. Robert, can you just go, you know, I know you, you, you can spend hours on this, but quickly, Tell me all the all the major milestones in the world that's happened, the most famous scenarios that you were involved in. I can, it would take too long. <laughs> I know. Look, I just go, try to do it quickly. You said the Siri was invented in your bedroom, right? Yeah, yeah. You rode the very first Tesla Siri was with Elon. In my son's bedroom, right? I, okay, I was the first one to see Siri um, on the press tour that they had, right? I had a famous blog in 2000 where I, I interviewed thousands of CEOs and launched many, many companies from Cloudera to Flipboard to Instagram to lots of lots of companies. And that's how I come at the world is through the world of innovation. It's really interesting when I, I grew up in Silicon Valley and the center of the auto industry back then was Detroit. It was in Silicon Valley and there was no cars, R&D labs here. Now every auto ma manufacturer does its R&D here. Right. And so I got a tour of many of those fact, those R&D facilities like General Motors or Mercedes gave me the first ride in its autonomous car. BMW gave me its ride in its first uh, i3 electric car. Right. Because of my work in studying innovation. So, yeah, I have a lot of firsts. Nice. Okay. Well, let's open it up, guys. So this is, um, you know, let's anybody can ask anybody questions. I mean, I think the general theme is reflecting back in 2022. It's been quite the years. I think felt like we had a massive joy at the beginning. Yeah. Go ahead. Can I kick it off? Because I was yeah. just at Fremont factory and I just wanted to say uh, congrats <laughs> to Fremont worker who's working right now. And I believe is in the middle of setting uh, a record for the most vehicles made at the Fremont factory, going all the way back to when Toyota and General Motors owned that factory and closed it down because they thought uh, it was too expensive to make cars here. I mean, the average worker at that factory is probably getting paid around $30, $40 an hour. And uh, Ford makes their Mustang down in Mexico because their workers are getting paid 4 to $8 an hour, right? So they closed this factory down thinking it was a failed factory. And now those workers are proving it's not. Anybody else have good memories of the year or has it all been bad? Well, one thing I'd like to, uh, one thing that's got me super excited for the year is 
that the semi hit the specs. Now, we don't know the weight and we don't know the cost, but that's true of all the electric semis out there. So it's not like it's because both of them are moving targets. Both of them are things that are being improved. And both of them, I assume, are a little breathtaking if we actually knew what the numbers are. But in terms of range, in terms of everything, it looks like the semi hit on specs. It's coming out quick. Uh, it's it's The line is getting dialed in, and it's going to be moving quick and disrupting. It's got more than, it's got almost double the range of its nearest competitor. It's a beast. I'm excited about that. I'll just say, Brian, what's, what's your estimate for, uh, for Q4 deliveries? <laughs> I haven't revealed. What everyone wants to know right now. I know. I see it in the chat. I see it in the chat. Um, do I, do I see myself as being as accurate as Troy? It depends on the quarter. He's um, been more accurate than me in some quarters and he's been less accurate uh, than me in some quarters. Um, I've only had one quarter where I was the big outlier and I was the one who was right. Um, and I've had one quarter where I was the big outlier and I was wrong. I haven't finished crunching my numbers. It's going to be a record. The question is how much. Um, I haven't seen as much uh, gloom out of Shanghai as some of the other prognosticators have, but I track uh, production, not deliveries. And there have been a whole lot of uh, boats coming out of Shanghai this quarter, uh, both to Europe and to Oceania as well. So these numbers are going to be big. And we've got... Uh, Berlin over 3,000 a week. We've got Texas over 3,000 a week. And looking forward, we've got the, the, the Cybertruck coming out mid-gear. They're tooling up for that. All the gear is there. It's going to happen. And they're able to juggle batteries around model by model as needed so they don't run out for a specific one. It's going to be a huge year. So I haven't put out my final numbers yet for Q4. Um, historically, I've done well. I've done as well as I've done better than Wall Street, which is a which is a low low bar, but uh, yeah, we'll I'll have those out in a day or two. Hey, Kristen, you're the battery expert in this group. I'm curious what you thought about 4680s and the progress of the batteries this year. Were you disappointed or are you actually excited? Oh, I don't, you're so nice. I don't know if I'd call myself the battery expert, but. Um... I think a lot in this of this group, were, you are. <laughs> I think we were hoping to see the four 680s ramp up, but as we see the nickel and the lithium, different bottlenecks from COVID still happening from the pandemic, <laughs> um, I think we were hoping to see a lot more of it going forward. But it was exciting to see um, the pictures the other day, possibly of the semis and more batteries and things going that direction. But um, I don't know. I hope to see a lot of it in 2023, but we'll see. So. <laughs> So the picture of the day of the uh, the four hundred the forty six eighties um, hitting that milestone one thousand cars a day is that the one you're referring to? Yes. Mm -hmm. do, and, and do we know is that uh, definitely Texas and Cato Road combined? The pictures that they showed, I mean, one of them was it showed Texas, and then you're talking about Cato Road. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what the pictures looked like. That's what I would, I, I mean, we, I don't know if it is Texas. That was, a lot of people were leaning back and forth. Yeah. It definitely was Cato Road, so. Like, it looked, it like the, the interior photo, I mean, it didn't look like a new state-of-the-art facility so much. So Correct. it may have been Cato Road, but then why take two photos of two different um, facilities? I don't know. But if it is just Cato Road, then I, I estimate it was probably around four gigawatt hours a year run rate. 
And Kettle Road is a pilot line with about 10 gigawatt hours a year run rate. So that would be 40% capacity. And even if it is some of Texas, then you're still probably at 35% capacity. And then we have Texas with probably 100 gigawatt hour a year capacity for 25 gigawatt lines. Um, so it just all depends on now how they can ramp up capacity. And what was the limiting factor? Is it going to be percentage increments or is it going to be gigawatt hours increments of the actual? What is the limiting factor here that we've got to work out? Is it is it like the supplies and refining? Um, so they've been trying to see. I mean, they're, they're saying as much as 30% a month increase. Is that right? Was that the target that everyone everyone's kind of thinking? And at that, if they can continue that to the rest of the year, then you, you are just about at 100 gigawatt hours for the year, um, which is really where we want to be. Okay, yeah. let me ask the panel here uh, the same question. Okay, you got you have one sentence to answer this question. Uh, what is the number one reason that the stock fell this year? And then the other question is, what's going? what needs to happen in 2023 for the stock to recover? You guys have one sentence each for those questions. Okay, so let's go. Let's go down the list here. So Lee, go ahead. You're right up top. Why the stock fell? Uh, macros, biggest reason. And if that's only one answer I get, then that would be the one. Um, and what will make it recover um, next year? Uh, if it's a recession, I don't really have an answer. So I guess the most likely um, forty six eighty hitting one hundred gigawatt hours a year run rate. Wow. Okay. Jason, did people want to know, did you sell your house in addition to those two questions? Yeah. So, um, I've actually just yesterday re received, uh, multiple, um, offers, many of them all cash above asking. So it's going pretty well. So I think I'll be able to, um, sell it very soon, uh, which is good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and I'll have some cash from that, you know, I'll have about 50% equity. So I should be able to get a good amount of cash from selling the house. Then your answer to the two questions. Oh yeah. So the question about what's okay. So I would say one liner, definitely macro and, um, you know, that, that risk-free rate has, uh, has increased a lot, m making other investments very kind of somewhat relatively unattractive, less attractive. So that's, that's the biggest reason. Um, what was the other question? <laughs> what, what's going to make it recover? I was going to make it recover um, reversal or a uh, signal from the fed that they're uh, going to reverse that uh, reverse the, the rates or at least slow down the increases or reverse uh, decrease rates. Okay. I think that that might be it. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay, we'll see. There's a theme here, but I don't agree. But go ahead, uh, Matt. What is your thinking? <laughs> yeah. So uh, is my screen frozen? By the way, I don't. So yeah, you're, you're frozen. But that's what Farzad describes you. It's just you know that's what you look like. So yeah. The ugly you're face frozen. is just frozen. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. My webcam isn't working either, so I'm just on the built-in <laughs> one. So I, I apologies for just how ridiculous this is. I'll try this to is hilarious. To this answer. It's a perfect pose, Matt. <laughs> you're Ice Man. <laughs> I'm just angry at all of you. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know what happened, but my um, yeah, I, I definitely agree that the, the reason the stock is down is is overwhelmingly macro. There are certainly some other things, and you know, I've been what I would say like mildly critical of Elon on, on a couple of things. Uh, I think some of that other stuff definitely played into it, but uh, macro for sure is is the you know the number one culprit. Uh, what is, what reverses that? And it, it's fundamentals in my mind. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic about um, earnings potential, even in a recession. 
Um, I'm pretty optimistic about way the way that energy margins ramp. And right now, I'm going way over one sentence, so I'll, I'll stop it real quick. But um, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about you know energy margins in particular and uh, the fact that analysts are basically ascribing zero value to anything Tesla Energy at all. And if Tesla can actually start surprising and say, hey, there's so, there's meaningful amount of earnings coming off of the energy side of the business, um, I think that can that can uh, create some upward price pressure as well. Don't be so emotional, Matt, but is it possible that you're all going to be wrong and I'm the only one that's going to be right? Okay, Kristen, what's your answers? Well, these financial and economic experts here, you guys, I think macro would have to be <laughs> what, what you guys are saying. I mean, we're still seeing bottlenecks from everything. And um, a lot of people will say that if Elon is not the CEO of Twitter, <laughs> that's what would make the stock go up. But obviously, this is a recession. And I think I mean, to be frank, I really think we're we're going to see it get a little bit worse before it gets better. So I think as the economy changes, we'll see it go up just like the rest of the stock. So stock market. And what's, I mean. Yeah. So what's going to happen macro again? You guys are all saying the same answers. OK. All right. Yay. Come on, man. Save me here. Yashu. Anybody else? Um, I know you don't want me to say it, but I mean, I think the majority of the move is is Fed related. Uh, yeah, there's like Matt said, there's it's a confluence of, of variables, but you're only giving me one. So I'm going to have to say the Fed. Um, yes, Tesla's passed. It's 2x beta down now officially on the year, I believe, last time I checked. So like there is um, something extra to than just macro for sure. Um, however, what will make it go up? You know, I want to say fundamentals. I want to say margin. I want to say, you know, insert um, fundamental Tesla story that I like. But I mean, really, like I, I have this feeling like until the Fed, until we get clarity and it seems like the Fed is on this path of destruction, until we get some sort of signal of like where the end is near, it feels like Tesla could come out with a robo taxi tomorrow and like none of it would matter to anyone uh, because everyone's so macro focused. So at least that's where my head's at. Yeah, okay. I, I got to agree with Yashu. It's... In the recession, it could be really tough and interest rates could get higher and, you know, it, it just get hammered. We don't know to what extent the Fed are going to go to. You can't, it, it's so difficult to fight the reserve banks. It could go to anything. They have so much debt. There's still so much inflation to come. You just, you just can't, can't predict it. You just don't know what they're going to do. Okay. Robert? Um, I'll take a different point of view. Yes, the, mac the macro is, is pulling us down. Elon has changed the perception of Tesla with particularly liberals. My liberal family is not very happy with what he's been doing. The conservatives, on the other hand, are ecstatic. So that tells me perception has changed. And when I did my homework back, you know, covering innovation, I went to Ford and I've been to Ford many times, uh, particularly at, the, at their CES things. And they told me that people who are conservative buy a lot more trucks than people who are liberal. And we're about to launch a truck. And did Elon just sell a lot of trucks next year with his uh, Twitter purchase? I think he did, but we don't know how many, we don't know how many liberals it affected. There's a lot of unknowns about this uh, narrative right now. And I think the Cybertruck will pull us out of the narrative mud. Maybe we should turn it down. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Chuck. 
Yeah, I this while well, I'll give you the, the fact that macro started us down. The reason we're two X beta is all Elon, and it's all Twitter is the reason. But his slant, he lost his base. I mean, I have very young liberal friends, you know, daughters and children of of, of friends of mine, and they won't even allow us to drive a Tesla to their house now. They have lost the base. And it was Elon's rhetoric on Twitter. He lost it. And, and it, it, the reason we're 2x beta is the faith in the CEO and the message that Tesla was going down has now shifted from being green eco to Elon. I, I don't know. Nobody knows where we are. If this was a political campaign, the political campaign strategist would be like, oh, my God, we've lost our message. What are we trying to say now? That is why we're 2x beta, in my opinion. What will turn it around? Some Momentum, like a football game. Momentum will keep it going. Maybe it's Cybertruck. Maybe it's batteries. Maybe it's three of these things in yes. a row, and all of a sudden the investors feel like it's the ramp. I do believe Tesla can beat a recession and can beat these macros ahead of the beta, but we got to have that momentum to get out of it. Anyway, that's my opinion. Nice. Okay, Farzad, what's your thinking? I mean, I think, I think what Chuck just stated, I feel weird putting me up here. I'm going to try it. Uh, I, I think, I think Chuck, I, I kind of agree with Chuck and what Robert have said in the short term. I do think the, you know, for those of us that have, uh, any sort of platform where we have our DMS open and we sort of hear from folks in the community, there's a lot of noise right around that topic of, of sort of Elon and his slant and some of the divisive stuff has said, um, I, I have no idea how to quantify the, the stock price short term. I do, I do strongly believe though, that. Fed macro and the unclear nature of uh, Tesla's future demand is probably huge majority of what's causing the the stock price. But I think ultimately, what turns it around is just growth in earnings. That's it. Just grow your earnings. Your PE is like twenty now forward, less probably like nineteen. And so if you grow your earnings and you keep growing the company, your the market will reward you. It's that simple. And so. If it's 20 million cars per year in 2030 and an energy business that matches that car business and full self-driving on top of it, um, I, I think just people will, you know, I, there will definitely be folks that are upset and will never buy a Tesla because of what Elon has said. But I, I think that large majority of the population don't have the ability or the time or the willingness to put that in front of their wallet. And ultimately, if Tesla can be the best value proposition for the money, it will have zero problems. And that's how I think about it. Yeah. So this is why I think what you guys were saying was kind of bugging me a little bit, guys, because, okay, September 21st, I just looked it up, September 21st of 2022, what is that, three months ago, the stock was at $300, okay? And it was tracking quite nicely along with Apple. So while the macro was here, we had COVID, we had a war, uh, we had supply constraints, we had chip constraints. It didn't affect Tesla's stock as much. I mean, it literally was $300. So that's $900 from $1,200 to $900 is a hit, but it's not and not, not bad. And it was tracking just as long as well as Apple. And the last two months, it fell from $300 to $100 where it is now. So that is not macro. Um, and so it is, is, you know, 100% associated with Elon and Twitter. And uh, Ooh, so I think, well, is too far. 
well, it's 107. <laughs> so what is it? What, what do you mean? How far am I off? <laughs> so no, there but, was uh, some effect of macro. I mean, my Apple stock was 150 something. Now it's 130 something, right? So right, which is macro. Still not. It's not a. That's macro. That is macro. Right. You can you can use the apple as your. Well, it's a good strength. Okay. So I think what's sure, Herbert though, though, just is, to, to push back on that a, a little bit though. I mean, it, it has been EV industry wide. Uh, which, which is a little bit macro. So like if you look at from in that same, you know, two month, three month time span from September and you look at uh, Neo or Rivian or any of those other EV stocks, they're all down, you know, 60% or so from those same figures that, that you talked about. So I think, you know, maybe some of the Elon stuff is, is kind of the tail wagging the, the dog there and that's dragging down all those other stocks just because they're so highly correlated with, with Tesla. I think that's, that's certainly possible. Um, but like, I think the real concern that popped up in the last you know two or three months in in like a macro perspective is like automotive uh, sales potential in the next year or two. I, I think everybody, even Tesla bulls, are are lowering their estimates right now. So uh, I do think you know macro is is bigger than than Elon's uh, you know contributions to, to everything here. Although I do think that that certainly kind of added fuel to the fire in an unnecessary way. Okay, I I, I buy into that. Except that don't you think that twenty twenty three the projection for well tell me what you think but is demand falling for tesla we just heard elon say that he's going to use all the demand levers that they have volume matters more than margin they've got so many demand levers and so are we talking there might actually be a chance that tesla will hit 50 percent growth in 2023 because they're just about to hit 20 50 percent growth in 2022 with all these factors that happen is 2023 going to be worse than 2022 there's still, is there going to be a new uh, war? Well, is it going to, you know? If, if we've got a recession, you know, cars are a cyclical industry. People aren't going to be spending $66,000 on a, on a new Tesla so much. Uh, the demand will drop. And I think Elon is basically saying that if we are in a recession, then he is prepared to, almost he said, run at a loss, implying he he's going to have to, Tesla are going to reduce prices significantly, right? Um, and you have... You have like what so even the prices for a model a model y used to be like fifty thousand dollars back in august 2020 and the waiting list then was only three to six weeks which which isn't a long waiting list um and you know it, the prices you know even when it's 50k in, in march 2021 it was two to four weeks waiting list and this is in a normal economy if you go to a recession then you're not going to be able to be selling these cars uh, judging by this on top of that though you know the uh, the output was low as well here we, we had maybe, you know, 200,000 Model Ys a year, perhaps, including some backlog maybe as well to start with. But if we want to ramp up and Texas starts getting to 300,000, you know, that's going to be like half a million, maybe 600,000 Model Ys trying to sell in the US. Admittedly, there is the $7,500 tax credit, which would help us significantly. But, um, you know, that still puts it down to about the price of, so, so about 20% margin. Now, I would say you're at $50,000. And if you have two to four weeks waiting list, back then, then in a recession, it's just, it's going to be really tough. But the, so there is a $7,500 discrepancy, which which is lucky we have. Um, but this is just for the US. Remember, that credit isn't everywhere. They're ramping up uh, in, in Berlin, obviously, too. And also, you have, obviously, China's just ramped up a massive amount there. And all the exports can go out of China. But still, what's Berlin going to do if they can't get their 4680s? They're going to have to move over to... Uh, They'll run out of 2170s and they'll have to move over to blade batteries, perhaps, which will also be a rear wheel drive standard range Model Y. 
So more supply in addition to what's coming from China. So, you know, Elon's saying that the, he might have to reduce margins down 20%, 10% even. So there might not be much profit there, which, which is then when you're in a recession in a cyclical industry, it does get a little bit concerning as to what kind of P ratio you're going to place on something, especially if the profits are down that much. Hey, Lee, weren't you the one that coined the term, uh, you can, they can compress the PE, but they can't compress the E? Yeah, well, the uh, they, the um, recession can repress, compress the E. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think, that, I mean, that's the point. And in, in, like, you know, the, the background in economics, I think, is really helpful here because you've got, I think what, what you just explained, Lee, uh, very eloquently, is you've got the, the demand curve is shifting downward, which creates downward price pressure. And at the same time, your supply curve is shifting upward as Tesla is bringing on new factory. And that also puts downward price pressure. Uh, so like Tesla always was going to lower prices. I mean, that that was part of the master plan from the beginning. So this really shouldn't be surprising or concerning to us. But I do think it's reasonable to, you know, be realistic about this and say, yeah, there, you know, the E is a little bit under um, pressure here. Now, I still think the earnings are going to beat you know, Wall Street's estimates for next year. So I'm still like very optimistic, but I, I think it's very reasonable to be lowering estimates at this point and be watching very carefully to see how many cars they can sell in this, you know, really changing dynamic that is going to definitely create price and margin pressure. And admittedly, the, the increased supply is coming from the Model Y in Texas, which in theory should reduce costs. You know, you, we're probably looking at $5,000 cost saving there. I would, I would hope that eventually they get down to about $30,000 cost of goods sold per vehicle for that car. You know, even if, even if you have it at $40,000, that's $10,000 profit per car. Then you have the tax credit and you have the subsidies on top of that, which is another $10,000 essentially. So, you know, there is hope if they, they are getting their costs down. And they should, they obviously have to get prices down significantly if Elon's talking about eventually selling two or three million a year. So the cars that are increasing in supply, hence Berlin and Texas, they should be the cars that are also reducing in cost the most as well. I, I just want to go on record and say, I don't think we're entering a regular recession and I'm not an economist like you guys are. The unemployment situation and my situation on trying to find talent and recruiting is unprecedented in, in, in how tight the labor market is. I cannot find good people and I don't know where they went. And I know that everyone that I do employ, their wages are going up. And if they don't go up, they're leaving to get a job that is paying them more. So wages are rising, which is inflationary and is sticky inflationary. But we have a tight labor market and wages are going up. While the cost of capital is going up with interest rates, and that will be perhaps what draws us down is some negative GDP, but I don't think we're going into a standard recession that draws down demand on cars. And I, I just, that's my perception from, from living in the market. But I, th I think what you're saying is more inflation coming, basically, and that's not what the Fed wants. They, they could just get completely psycho and destroy it, you know? They might want to just kill the economy and put it into a deep recession to stop the inflation running out of control and entering into hyperinflation or something. They've printed, you know, like uh, 40% of the new dollars in circulation we printed in the last few years. This is insane levels of debt that's never been seen before. Like when Volcker raised the rates in the 80s, we had GDP ratio debt to GDP like 40% and now it's 120%. That's a big difference. We're on unknown territory here. We don't know what's going to happen. You just, you just, you just can't, you just don't know what, what they're going to do. That's fair. It is unknown. Uh, and I do think that the, the spending bill that was just passed is another very uh, inflationary thing. So inflation is real. Uh, if that draws us into a recession that reduces demand, that, that's one thing. I, w but when I talk 
to people about wanting to buy cars and wanting to everybody still think they, they, they still have cash. Now, I don't know if that's businesses or people. You know, there's this weird conversation I still can't get away from with Tesla's about how far can it go and is it going to get stuck in the freezing cold after last week's, you know, bomb cyclone. And, and that we need to work on that at, uh, training for, for people to understand that, that electric cars are actually better in those scenarios. But I, I don't know. I, I guess you guys might be right, but I'm not feeling reduction in demand due to a recession yet. I mean, Elon says people don't buy debt secure debt pro, uh, products when there's a recession, which means the auto market will crash. And it also means that property market will crash. If property markets crash, then everyone has less money. They have a high interest on their debt. They, they aren't going out and buying cars when they're too worried about that they've lost, you know, maybe the people are saying a 40% market crash in property. People are not happy when they've just lost 40% of, of not the equity, of the value of the house. They could have lost all their equity. This, is, this, isn't, the, this isn't a good state of mind. This is, this is just like saying, well, this is potentially what could happen. A lot of people are saying this. We haven't hit a recession yet. We aren't in a recession yet, a real recession. Like you're saying, people still have jobs. In a recession, people don't have jobs. They lose their jobs because economies break. They're going to break the, the economy to stop the inflation if, 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 they, if they do that. They may decide that it's not as bad and pivot instead and decide, okay, we'll go for inflation because if we have to stop it, the inflation, then breaking the economy this much is going to put us into a depression, not a recession. So it just depends on which extreme they go to. It's like they have a choice. They can either drive the car off the cliff or drive the car into the cliff. They, it's, too tr it's too difficult for them to, to correct it on the road at this stage. And they, and they don't know what's going to happen. They're obviously not very incompetent either. Um, so it's just too hard to tell. I go to the Fremont factory a lot, and I have for five years, to watch how busy that factory is and the two stores that are associated with it. And the stores today are packed with buyers, people signing and buying cars. Uh, so I'm very happy with where the demand is. I think we're hitting a, a, a margin squeeze, right? Because they had to lower the price to get that demand. And we're really wondering what's going on in China. How bad is China short term? And, you know, if China's doing well, we're doing well. If China's doing badly, we're doing badly. I don't care how hard the Fremont workers are working. It doesn't matter too much if China's having a bad month. We have been seeing demand drop in in uh, in the US uh, towards the end of the year, you know, the waiting list used to be about seven months and then November it dropped down to one to four months and then to about zero to three months and after that. But there is the $7,500 tax credit, which any rational consumer would simply wait a couple of months to save that much money. It's a, it's a, it's a big saving. So that that's a lot of noise in, in potential demand. So it, it's hard to judge really. I, I know people I waiting on hardware for or pilot for on their deliveries too. There's a lot of reasons to wait right now, whether it be tax credits, uh, upcoming hardware. Now, granted, the people waiting on hardware are the savvy customers that probably already own a Tesla, not a new customer. Um, but I, you know, lowering the price uh, at the end of the year, I think, is purely about the the tax credits uh, next month. I, that's going to vaporize in, in my mind uh, soon. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I, I, the top oh, of the top. Oops, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Sorry, I was just going to say that I, I would say the the big thing that needs to, the only thing that really needs to change because we can't control every company, we can't control the market, we can't control the recession, is execution. And if you look at the other 
Matt was pointing out that the other EV companies are similarly down. They don't execute the way Tesla does. Uh, even the big boys are scaling back their ambitions. Even uh, the survey of uh, auto executives uh, was very bright on EVs just a couple years ago and now not so much. Tesla is still the one pushing the industry forward and it shows in the numbers. And that's what's going to move the stock up is in is when we see the numbers next month i think they're going to be great and when we see them especially the quarter after that and all through next year it's going to be the one shining spot throughout the auto industry and i'm confident that's going to push the numbers back up okay guys we have five minutes left let me ask i'm sorry yashu i quit i interrupted you go ahead and answer your, your question first uh, just quickly going to say i think the biggest thing is the margins and we have to know how the 4680s and the giga castings, which will happen eventually, hit the bottom line. If they can lower costs by no one's really projecting them to have a material impact on margins right now. In fact, margins are set to go down by four or five percent gross margin next year by Morgan Stanley. I'm just reading a note right now. If those have a, a cost reduction effect, then there could be an outsized surprise there. But of course, that's predicated on Tesla executing and execution is the name of the game next year. So um, Tesla has to earn earn its stripes here next year into, into a recession. All right, we have yeah, five I mean, minutes even, left. Even so with about 20% margins, you, you're still looking at possibly $15 billion in earnings next year, which is which is amazing, you know? The 20% margins, the Model 3 and, and the Model Y, they start to look like pretty good prices relative to all the competition, especially any electric competition. And then obviously with $7,500 off on top of that, it becomes quite quite reasonable. And then obviously the, tech, the savings of no fuel, but still a $15, $15 billion earnings is good. Um, there's a PE ratio of uh, four PE of over 20. So, you know, that's that's not bad. All right, so one one last question for everybody in the panel. What can we, let's turn the mood around a bit. I know it could be pretty dire next year, but what can we look forward to in 2023 uh, are we going to be partying together at all at some time, or this is not going to happen at all? Like, could we be at the Giga Mexico <laughs> launch party in December next year, or maybe the robot demo, or what? Let's go down the list here. Jason? Yeah, I'm really excited about Cybertruck, but I'm actually um, kind of for Q4, I'm excited about Megapacks. And uh, there's a lot of kind of mystery about what's what's uh, what are the Megapack financials going to look like, and what are the margins going to be? Um, and for Tesla Energy, and I think that we've seen 10% margins for the past, I don't know, a couple quarters or past few years. But I think with the with the ramping up of uh, the Lathrop factory, and um, we'll see uh, dramatically increased utilization of of the resources or the you know the factory that's used to produce the mega pack. Mega pack. We're going to see a really. Um, yeah possibly increasing margins. I don't think they'll be where they will eventually land at, which could be like 40 to 50% margins, which is better than the cars. Uh, yeah. But I think in the, I think it'll it'll be higher than 10%, definitely. Uh, it might drag down the auto margins a little bit um, in Q4 uh, because they are, it's going to be a bigger component of the overall mix and, and product mix and revenue. But I think I'm really excited about watching that margin number grow over the next several quarters. And um, and there's a massive ramp up happening at Lathrop. It's it's a uh, you know there's there's a uh, it's this is like kind of a zero to one situation. It, this is they're not like gradually scaling. Like it's a huge change I think from Q4 to Q3. I mean from Q3 to Q4. So Megapack I think is one thing I'm really excited about for the first half of uh, of next year, and then Cybertruck for the later half, and FSD of course, right? That's that's going to be great. 
Nice. Kristen? It's hard not to just piggyback on that. Um, the Cybertruck, obviously, for selfish reasons, I'm just looking forward to that finally launching and getting out. And I think what Scobalizer stated as a holds a lot of weight. I think that was a great uh, angle that you took that, that I think the truck itself coming out and people who are big truck people being into that will be a big boost. So that's a really good way to go. Um, I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of rooting for Tesla possibly to introduce that compact car that we've all been wondering if it's around the corner, if it's completely gone altogether. So. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Maybe an announcement, uh, Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I'm going to piggyback on on what Jason was saying. I think that is uh, something that is completely um, underappreciated or frankly just completely missed by Wall Street is the energy margin potentials uh, coming out, out of the mega packs as, as lathrop uh, ramps. Uh, that's really going to be impactful, I think. And it's a question of, of how big are the revenues going to be and, and at what margins. But you know, you're going to be going from less than a billion per quarter to you know, two, three, four, five billion potentially by the end of the uh, by, by the end of the year, um, and and analysts are going to have to revise their assumptions and their earnings estimates, and that's going to uh, both impact the E, like we were talking about earlier with Lee, but also the PE potentially as the market ascribes a higher multiple for for the growth potential of Tesla Energy. So uh, that I think could be like the the biggest dark horse kind of surprise next year. Awesome. You know, I don't think we have enough time. Let's uh, thank you everybody for joining. I think we have uh, another slot, another group coming, but um, if there's two people that can actually stay. So I don't know who wants to do that, but please do. And um, thank you everybody for joining. I really appreciated this. This was little good information, lots of data. Maybe we can have a little more fun <laughs> next time, but maybe this is not the time for that. So. <laughs> See you, everybody. It is. Version 11, Cybertruck 2023. Thanks, Let's everybody. Go. I just want to make one one correction. It's Lathrop, y'all. Lathrop. I thought it was Lathrop. Okay. Then I jumped on Lathrop. Jason. Okay. Christ. <laughs> I think Jason knew better than I did. It's funny because I, I, I grew up near there. I should know, right? But you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Bye. It, two people can stay, though, eh? So I don't know. Hello. Hello, hey, Ellie. How you doing? Hello. Hello. We're, we're, we're in space as Ellie now. <laughs> You're oh, traveling Ellie, all over the world. Where oh, are you now, hard. Ellie? Oh, wait. Hold on. It's, it's echoing. Sorry. Okay. Hey, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are you now? You're all over the world. You're I'm traveling all the time. Portland, Oregon. Okay. And you just came back from Florida, though, right? The last month? No, I just came back from Austin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, man, what crazy weather we had a few days ago, right, Herbert? You guys had those yeah. icy, icy roads. Everything and... was ice. Yeah. Crazy. My daughter was in uh, the airport for 15 hours uh, and then it was all canceled. And then the next, but luckily the next day, but she was. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hi, James. But, uh... <laughs> How are you? In Jordan. Hey, what's uh, up? In Farzad. Jeff, hello, I don't hello. you. Hello. <laughs> Wait, so you don't know Jeff? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, he's Are like we... rocking it. He's like always in a. <laughs> Are we doing introductions again? Um, 
maybe. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Farzad? Should we, was that format good last time, or should we just open it up and just have yeah. a chat? What do you guys think? I mean, I, I, everybody already watched us transition into this the way we did, so might as well just whatever, go with it. Let's do some intros and uh, yeah, yeah. just go around the horn. And then, I mean, I really like the way it flowed into the uh, conversation last time too. It's kind of just transformed into a conversation. Um, yeah. And uh, we just got- All right, well, why don't we well. do it this Perfect. way? Instead of me doing the introduction, let's have one person here introduce the other person. So unfortunately, Ellie and Jeff don't know each other, but everyone else knows each other, right? So who knows Ellie better than I do? Come on. <laughs> oh God. No one? I can do right, I mean, so I, I can, you want to do it, Jordan? Go ahead. I can do you a little do bit. It. All right, so Ellie in space, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm going <laughs> to, the pressure. All right, so Ellie in space has a space channel. And why well, you started maybe a year, two years ago, year and a half, two years ago? Almost two years, yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, Ellie was originally a reporter. So she has that nice reporter backbone. Uh, on the scene. Uh, she's she's really good off the cuff doing interviews and things like that. And um, she's gone full time on YouTube. I think it was maybe nine months ago, something like that. So like five or six months. <laughs> five months ago. Okay. But good All job. Right. Good job. Great right, job. Who can introduce Jordan? Oh, I got that one. I can get Jordan all day, man. He is the battery guru. If you need to know anything about your 2178, 650s, <laughs> your 4680s, Jordan is your man. And he goes deep, man. He goes into the chemistry. He goes into the production. He goes all the way up the supply chain through the minerals. You name it. Jordan is uh, so good at it that uh, when they actually were trying to figure out how to put together the, uh, the bill that would actually make batteries produced in America viable once again. His was the explainer that they actually showed to members of, was it Congress or Senate, Jordan? Uh, well, it was um, the people who wrote the policy at uh, like Rocky Mountain Institute. And then the bill went through to Congress after that. So both houses, etc. cetera. Yeah. So how you got him on this channel, I will never know, but good work, Herbert and welcome Jordan. If I don't want to talk about batteries with Jordan, what other topic is he capable of talking to me about? <clears throat> headphones no i don't <laughs> um tax policy in new zealand of course god look at that memory <laughs> <laughs> all right well, we're gonna skip you brian because uh, we already introduced you last time so who can introduce uh joy everybody welcome joy thank you for joining us hey herbert it's great to see everybody where are you now also? Because you were just in Taiwan, weren't you? Oh, and... yeah. I've been back for like two and a half weeks now. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. So what happened? I came yeah. back uh, December 11th. Oh, okay. Who wants to introduce Joy? Who knows her better than I do? I know everybody. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody here knows me. Oh, my gosh. I think the, the, the one that knows me the longest probably is Earl. Because I actually met Earl in 2019 at the Cybertruck unveiling. I don't know what's going on with Earl, but no, what's go what's going on, Farzad? What what the hell? What's happening? I don't think his camera's on. <laughs> or yeah. his microphone. I, and it's or on his microphone. <laughs> hey. There you are. <laughs> Sorry, are you there? I, was, I was just eating chips. I thought that would be pretty annoying, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Very it bad, is man. annoying, Earl. I mean, it's how Earl be <laughs> Can you introduce Hi, Joy, Earl, or forget it, or what? Oh my gosh, what can I say about Joy? Well, I met Joy in person um, 
she's even more delightful than she is online with an absolute yeah. wonderful presence and um, have followed her account for a long time. But she is a huge Tesla fan who, um, I don't know, it's famous for a lot of things, but also around, I don't know if you remember around the time of the um, Trevor Milton stuff was pretty involved, which was pretty awesome. So anyway, welcome, Joy. Hey, Earl, it's so good to hear your voice. Haven't seen you in so long. Oh, I know. Person. It's been for everything. Yeah. We need another Tesla event. We do. I'm having withdrawals. Can we see your face, Earl? Can we see your face? No. <laughs> we don't want to see his face. We I'm don't sneaking on here face. at work right now. I, I need all kinds of problems. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just pretending, pretending I'm not at work. <laughs> okay, who can... Who can introduce James Dauma? I mean, the guy's been on uh, every single episode every day. <laughs> He's like, whoa. Maybe I can I, do it. I, you know, the, the one person I can introduce is me. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I would get saved by doing that because I'm really okay, comfortable okay. with doing an introduction for somebody else. Uh, so I'm, I'm an engineer. I'm an autodidact. I've uh, been studying AI for a long time, even though I never got a chance to work in the space. I dropped out of college in the 80s and I started a couple of companies. Uh, at some point, I decided it was a lot easier to invest money than to work 100 hour days, 100 hour weeks. So uh, so I switched over to doing that kind of stuff. And um, when deep learning took off um, after 2012, I started looking really hard for investments in the uh, in the deep learning space, like something that would be close to a peer play that depended on the stuff that I was interested in. And oddly enough, I came up with Tesla, which is, you know, nominally a car company, but it turns out to have the, uh, the most exposure there. So I got really interested in trying to understand Tesla's tech, especially around the self-driving stuff. And then at some point, a couple of years ago, Dave Lee reached out to me and asked me to come on his channel and help do some explainers. And so since then, I've done, uh, I don't know, like 100 hours of YouTube. I think it, it, it's literally oh, no. like 100 hours of YouTube videos on Dave's channel. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's me. Dave Lee made you famous? I thought you were famous before him. Uh, am I famous now? <laughs> I uh, you are. You are I can't be famous, famous for anything good. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's how the community is going to know me from the explainers I do on Dave's channel. Wonderful. Okay, who else hasn't been uh, introduced? Jeff Lutz. Yeah, I can just, I can go Herbert. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been a Tesla investor for 10 years now and uh, also an owner uh, for 10 years. Uh, and really, really happy with both. Um, and I come from a tech, tech background and operations background and couple decades uh, running supply chain in a couple different tech companies. And I really like to approach uh, Tesla uh, from an operational perspective and uh, from a product perspective as well in terms of what they're doing. And uh, I'm just happy to be on the space uh, or not the space, but this, uh, this chat with this, with this group of people uh, that kind of talked about the year and recap. Nice, John, welcome. Oh, we lost them. He's having That's... technical issues. Oh, no. Okay. And just a heads up, Herbert, we got Alexandra in the waiting room, but we're, uh, we're currently full. Just give me your heads up. Yeah, yeah. Alexandra is like uh, right oh, moving into... Uh, Herbert, uh, 
Farzad, why don't I go ahead and pop out since I was in yeah. here last hour, and that'll make room for Alexandra. Everybody, thank you so much. It was awesome seeing you all. Thanks, Brian. And I cannot wait to see you guys again. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Alexandra, which Hi, uh, vacation home are you at? <laughs> I am close to the vineyard. You know, my, my husband is a founder of a vineyard for 30 years. And so we're meeting all the kids in Paso Robles, which is halfway between San Francisco oh, nice. and, and L.A. And there we are. And I just checked in and it's all a mess. And I'm so happy to be with you. So I don't have to undo everything. <laughs> well, are you relaxing? Because you've been pretty hardcore the last <laughs> three months. <laughs> I will, I will in half an hour. Thanks for having me on. Nice. John, welcome. Can you do an intro for everybody? I mean, you're the one with the most followers. I think you have 700,000 followers, so. <laughs> not not quite, uh, not quite. Um, I think we're at like 630,000. But yeah, so John uh, from Test Owners of Silicon Valley, uh, we run the uh, largest owners club in North America for Tesla owners. Um, and yeah, I just started the this community um, it locally in the Bay Area where it was the Tesla or the former Tesla headquarters about four years ago. So it's been um, an awesome pleasure to just uh, serve the community locally and then kind of obviously broader as we've just kind of been a voice of the community for the past several years, um, gr just growing our following and our uh, really our connection with Elon as well. Okay, welcome. Okay, so the last group was very depressing. They were talking about the macro hitting the 2022, <laughs> that there's going to be a massive recession 2023. So I, I want this group to be a little bit more happier. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. So you have to tell joy me what is it is. Here, but right? what what I yes, it's joy. So what I want you guys to do is each of you go man and give me a prediction. Just your prediction of what's going to happen in 2023. If it's negative, it's negative. I'm not trying to, you know, put any kind of like a weird gla filter glasses on. But what's your prediction of what's going to happen in 23? How's it going to roll out? Okay, let's start with uh, you, John. You're at the top left there. Go for it. Perfect. <laughs> totally agree. That's his prediction. Okay, Good John. Good job, John. Moving on. <laughs> okay, Alexander, you're next. Um, I actually think uh, Tesla will surprise everybody with delivery numbers as of beginning of January and even more so with the earnings end of January. So I think the the, the company will perform very well. We'll hear of new gigas. We'll hear of, oh, gigas. I'm sorry. I always say gigas. Um, of, new, of new gigas. We'll hear of new products. We'll see the Cybertruck finally on the roads. Um, so I actually think it's going to be for Tesla a good year. And I'm a, a firm believer that this recession is going to be much softer than everybody fears. I don't think this is going to be the, the big catastrophe that everybody's talking about. So I'm very happy for it. I'm very much looking forward to 2023. Oh, we should have had you in the first group, but okay. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry uh, about that. Jordan. 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 All right. Up. There's a whole lot to look forward to. So they, yes. they've just started the ramp of the 4680. That, that's starting to hit uh, some scale and some steam now. So they've been progressing that at like 30% per month. If that continues through the coming year, we're going to be at tens of gigawatt hours by the end of the year with the 4680 ramp. And then we have the, the version uh, 11. Um, so that's just as customer, that'll, that'll be cool to get version 11 of FSD. And then they can probably start recognizing more revenue off of that. You have the Inflation Reduction Act, which is going to buoy Tesla on both ends. First, it'll allow them to keep their margins high, even though um, uh, the economy will probably be tanking. <laughs> and then on top of that, they should be able to get some cream on the back end, like uh, you know, thousands of dollars per vehicle from 
the, the tax credits on the batteries. Now, I have no clue what the stock price is going to do. However, uh, those three things, along with a few other things like the Cybertruck ramp, possibly the unveiling of a new vehicle, uh, means that even if the stock price does drop, that's a buying opportunity. That's stock price compression. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next year. No clue what the stock Jordan. price will do, but it looks good. Dang, man, your voice is smooth. Oh, breath. And I thought Farzad had a good voice. Now I don't think so anymore. <laughs> you thought wrong. Yeah, yeah. Your, yours is a good voice only because of your friggin' expensive mic. That's it. But Jordan's like natural. That's awesome. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we miss you, John. We were asking, what is your prediction for 2023? Tesla specific or just in general? And anything, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you know, I work in tech, um, and so you know, I'm I'm probably gonna maybe I'll be the not the doom and gloom, but yeah. uh, you know, we're seeing tech just being hit like hard right now, and unfortunately, uh, like my prediction is, you know, I just don't see it uh, really necessarily getting better, and I, I'm just talking the tech sector. I'm not talking like you know other industries, um, but we've had over 40,000 layoffs worldwide in tech, um, you know, 11,000 from Meta, 10,000 from Amazon. And again, this is across the world, um, but still a lot hit here. And so as far as the job market, it's going to be pretty, pretty, um, pretty grim out there. It's going to, you know, a lot of people fighting for the same job. Um, but at least as far as what I can see, as far as tech in general, it doesn't feel like it's going to get a lot better anytime soon. There's not any big indicators within the economy, especially with the feds running the rates where it's going to get better. As far as Tesla goes, they're they're the unique story where they're growing 40 percent. The growth of the company is not slowing down really at all. Right. Obviously, we have you know some of this stuff with the recession happening, but every company that's down 60, 70% is because of growth slowing or some other big factors. The funny thing is, is that Tesla's down 60, 70%, but they're growing at 40%. So, which is unheard of. Um, so I'm personally really excited for next year, even if uh, growth slows a little bit on sales, um, all the stuff that they're going to be doing, given the cash that they have, they'll definitely be doubling down on, you know, the things that, um, that they're going to be working on Cybertruck, a couple of new gigafactories as well. Um, and so, you know, I'm personally really excited for the future and what, what we're going to be doing uh, next year, specifically for Tesla. But I would say overall for tech, it's, it's not um, going to be as, as strong um, and probably <laughs> a little bit worse. So is that, was that your, your notification saying, yes, that was a good. Remote. Yeah, exactly. Ding, ding, ding. ding. <laughs> Okay, Joy, welcome. Tell us what you think, 2023. Yeah, so first of all, I'm not an economist. I'm not in the financial business sector. Um, my background is also tech and technology, and I am currently in the um, recruiting business. Um, I do echo what John just said about the tech sector. Um, with all these layoffs from the big companies coming, Um so next year, I think there will be, I mean, I don't want to say recession yet, because uh, I have been through 2000 and 2000, 2001 Worldcon collapse and 2008 collapse myself. Um, but right now, I'm not personally, I am not feeling that it's going to be as big as those, but there will be some slowdowns. 
um, coming the next year. Um, but Tesla wise, I think if they keep on track, just keep focus on doing what they're doing right now, um, getting FSD better and um, get Cybertruck on track, keep pushing the energy market. I think they're going to come out as the winner after the end of all this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellie? Herbert, I thought yes. you were called brighter with Herbert and that last hour was not brighter at all. I listened to what? it and- so Exactly. <laughs> Um, predictions for 2023 obviously uh we hope to see Cybertruck. at last check there's 1.5 million pre-orders so obviously there's a lot of demand and we hope to see that ramp also i would love to see a tesla semi actually on the road so hopefully we'll spot more of those more gigafactory announcements so i think 2023 will be a great year and we just got to stay positive yeah i think so too james um, so 2023, I, I was uh, doing a recap of my, uh, 2022 stuff. And I, I found mm -hmm. on January 2nd, I said, 2022 is going to be so awesome. <laughs> I found that this morning and retweeted it, but I feel similarly about 2023. I'm not super optimistic about the economy. I'm probably in Alexandra's bin where I think it's not going to be as bad as some people think it is, but it's probably not going to pass us by. But I actually feel like, recessions are a good thing to have sweep through once in a while. They, they separate people who can execute from people who can't. And, you know, as far as Tesla goes, I, I mean, I think one of the things that really distinguishes them from the other players in their space is they can execute. So I'm, I'm expecting 2023 to be a time when they tend to increase the gap more than they would have if, if we hadn't had a recession. And uh, as far as, uh, uh, Tesla's tech in, in, in particular aside. Yeah. I mean, super excited about semi, super excited about Cybertruck, super excited, especially about the battery ramp. I'm really optimistic about energy and I'm hoping that their battery ramp gets them to where they can start ramping energy. I think those things are all going to be great. We're going to see them play out in 2023 and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll stop being things that we just talk about and start being things that we get some numbers behind. I think uh, 2023 is probably a year when FSD goes from interventions being a common experience to interventions becoming a rare experience. I don't, uh, I don't know. I would predict that we'll be taking all the drivers out of the car this year, but I think there's a good chance, you know, that the tech will be capable of doing that next year and we'll see good progress this year uh, toward that goal. Um, and aside from that, it, I mean, the space that I'm in this, you know, deep learning has, uh, it's it's had quite the renaissance going on. I mean, it's funny to to, to describe yeah. something as a renaissance in a field that's basically new, anyway. But the 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 rate at which like really impressively awesome stuff comes out is just getting faster and faster. And I'm expecting that to continue through 2023. Like I don't know what we're going to see because every you know I keep seeing these things where. Um, they're mind blowing and I'm trying to, okay, well, what comes next? And you draw a blank, but then, you know, a month later, another really amazing thing pops out. So I don't know what they're going to be, but I'm expecting a lot of really impressive uh, developments in the field. And I'm hoping to see some of the 
more recent developments. Because after you get a tech, it takes a couple of years to build a business around it. And I'm hoping to start see some significant businesses emerge around the tech, the techs that have gotten to some level of maturity in the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm really uh, looking forward to 2023. A lot of stuff that I've been looking forward to over the last couple of years, I think is going to come to fruition in this window of time. So I'm excited. About very, very, very disappointing answer from my perspective. I didn't hear the word bot once. <laughs> Why? Come on, James. So it's, you know, this is what I said at the beginning of, um, of a year ago. I just was reviewing our videos from a year ago. And um, like, I'm really excited about the bot. I think the humanoid robot is, um, it's, it, like, it's hard to overestimate, to overstate the impact that's going to happen as it matures. But that said, it's not something that matures in a year. There's, you can make a lot of progress in a year and still not have, you know, the, a bot that can fold your laundry. So we're not going to see bot, bots folding laundry this year, unfortunately. I think we are going to see a lot of interesting progress. Now that Tesla's got a prototype that they can develop against, because that was a big challenge up until now. They've got to get a basic hardware platform out that they can start developing against. They've got a basic hardware platform. I feel like what we saw at AI Day provides that. And so I would expect that the, the software end of things to start ramping uh, pretty quickly. And, and hopefully this year we'll, we'll see some significant capabilities, some utility from the, from the robot, something that they can turn loose in a factory and uh, not just start gathering data, but start getting real world experience with, you know, how to build robots that do useful things in the real world. So that's going to happen for sure. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, 2023, what's your prediction? Um, <clears throat> oh, uh, a lot. Soon. Does my mic sound okay, Herbert? Yes. Not, it's never perfect. It's terrible again, never. but uh, we'll take it. <laughs> it's never perfect. It's terrible again. We'll take it. I, I mean, so on, on Tesla, I'm actually, I'm, I'm quite hopeful, but I'm, you know, I realize that there could be, you know, looming macroeconomic conditions, but I always like looking at the data uh, and I was, you know, I looked at U.S. auto sales um, from, you know, 07, 08, 09. It was a very deep recession in 09. It was bank driven. And U.S. auto sales went from 16.616 million to 10.43. That's a 36% drawdown uh, during the recession. And so when you look at what Tesla is doing uh, from an EV percent uh, share of total auto, they went from 4.7 million last year. The estimates are to go to 7% of total auto sales in the U.S. this year. In China, they're predicting to actually double from 11% of total auto sales in China last year to 22% um, this year. So when you look at it in a very deep and dark, you know, bank-driven recession, you know, U.S. auto was down 36%. If Tesla is capable of continuing that growth, even if it, uh, not, not Tesla's growth, but just growth as a percent of total auto, it, it may not be as bad as, as um, so I'm in that camp of it may not be as bad, but, you know, I'm cautious. The other thing I always kind of remind people, again, coming from my operations background is follow what Tesla is doing from a ca capacity perspective. They've actually installed the 2 million unit uh, annualized capacity. They've actually brought in the labor to run at that rate. And that's one of the reasons they put um, that, um, that, that reduction on in the U.S., the 7,500 reduction, was to actually start consuming product uh, for the sellout of that product to go at the rate they expect it to in the following year. So one thing none of us have is we don't have visibility to Tesla's order book. 
Um, but what we do have through what they share is what they're doing from a capacity perspective. And I don't think uh, in, in, you know, in this kind of economic environment, I don't see them being irresponsible with capacity. So they've installed 2 million units of capacity. And, and you know, we, we kind of heard what Elon said on Twitter spaces about just you know, driving um, you know, unit volume in line with the vision of the company. Um, you know, even if they, you have to take some, some price reductions. And again, they've got a lot of room to move on price reductions, commodities are rolling over. So there's puts and takes on both sides, but there's a lot of, uh, I would say, good guys or favorables um, that um, we don't spend enough time on sometimes. I know we're all a little bit bold up, um, but I think it's important to kind of look at both sides of the equation. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful. Um, and again, with the IRA uh, as well, that's gonna help with the economics with the consumer. It's gonna help with the economics of, of Tesla as Jordan said as well, we don't know to what extent, but we know it's going to help. And we know Tesla is moving a lot of capacity to the U.S. to consume that. So again, overall, I'm pretty hopeful. Uh, I think macro-wise, there's going to be, I, I would say the first half, you know, if you're looking at markets, I mean, the kind of the consensus view is uh, the first half may be rockier than the second, but we'll see. Thanks. Wonderful. Earl, you think differently than everyone else here. What's your prediction for 2023? 2023. I think that um, it's going to be, uh, I think by macro wise, I think it's going to be terrible. I don't expect much out of the Tesla stock price, to be honest, uh, in the in the new year. Hopefully I'm wrong about that. But um, I just I think it's going to take some time. I don't think the barfing is over yet. However, um, you know, Tesla is not the stock price at all. Right. So it's going to be an amazing year for Tesla and for Tesla fans, because you have the ramping of the semi-truck as people have mentioned. That's fantastic, great news for EVs. I think their energy business is gonna come alive. Who knows what that wacky bot's gonna do this year. Um, but most importantly is the Cybertruck, not just that they come out with a new product and ramp it, um, but think of the attention, the positive attention to Tesla as they start to deliver these things to people, the videos, the YouTubers, uh, Twitter, um, all the goofy things people are going to be doing with their cyber trucks. I, I can't wait for it. That thing is so awesome and is uh, really something that we didn't really get this year. We, I mean, we got the semi kind of came out, but um, this year was all about ramping. So it was uh, not, not as exciting, I don't think, but I think next year is going to be great. Uh, my prediction is at the Cybertruck event, they're going to roll out a semi and the back of it is going to be full of a bot army. I don't know the purpose of it yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Bold okay. Let's, let's talk Twitter. I'm going to give everybody one minute and you can just use that one minute to say anything you want to say about Twitter. But before we get there, let's go to Farzad. What's your 2023 prediction? And then give me your one minute on Twitter. <laughs> oh God. All right. Uh, yeah. So my prediction is that I do think I am looking at the macro stuff very closely uh, right now. And it's weird because it, it looks like some segments are dipping more than others. Uh, it, it does look like, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to people going on vacation. I'm talking to people traveling. It seems like airports are just as full as they've ever been. People are going shopping just as much as they used to. And so I think what's going to be important to track going into next year is what 
what is the economy going to actually do and how is the Fed going to pivot based on what the economy is saying, right? Uh, how And we talked about this in the previous hour. So, But I do think in terms of Tesla, I do feel very, very confident that the company is going to do great. I do think the uh, they have a lot of demand globally. Some of the fears recently about China, I think, are just blown out of proportion. They're dealing with uh, a giant COVID wave that they never dealt with before. Something like, I mean, I've read reports that there's some, like, like at least a million cases a day, 5,000 deaths a day. I mean, this is crazy stuff. This is like worse than peak COVID in a lot of countries. So that's going to take a, a huge toll. But I do think over time, what's going to end up happening is a transition over to EVs is going to solidify. And when you have every single world government given incentives, especially with the U.S. starting in January with IRA, um, if you look at the <laughs> the inventories now for all new Tesla, especially three and wide, sold out completely. And uh, the thing I think a lot of people have missed too in the U.S. is that now Tesla cars three and the Y are now cheaper relative to basically every other every other automaker because every other automaker has been able to take advantage of the legacy tax credit, and Tesla hasn't been able to do that for like two years. So the net price of a Tesla is seventy five hundred dollars cheaper versus the competition and. Uh, companies like Hyundai, for example, like the Ionic 5, they lose the tax credit because they don't have manufacturing in the US, right? So like there is like this huge change now where Tesla goes from one of the most expensive to one of the least expensive, at least in its class. So and I think that's going to carry a lot of momentum into next year. Um, Twitter, there's nothing yeah. controversial about this whatsoever. Uh, wait, so wait. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say start and I'm going to cut you off. Go. Oh, are you actually putting me on a timer? Okay, so yeah. I, I do think... I think the net, um, I think it's a net positive. I really do think so. Uh, th there have been some challenges when it comes to having a social media platform where people trust that it's, it's, it's uh, doing the, the right thing by the people. Now, this sounds kind of like big and abstract, but I think that has a lot more weight than it seems. I, I like the fact that it's uh, somebody in Elon and the sort of teams that he builds that's taking that on, which uh, to me means that Twitter will be one of the best social media platforms on planet Earth probably by the end of next year. Uh, I think there's challenges with somebody as outspoken as Elon having him being the leader and the referee, which causes a lot of friction. Uh, but my hope is that Elon, uh, as he's shown in the past, will pivot and fix some of the uh, challenges and, and mistakes that he's made, especially from some of the divisive stuff. And mm -hmm. a lot of this will just be uh, a blip in the radar yeah. of an over the otherwise great journey. Okay, Alexandra, one minute. Anything you want to say about Twitter? <laughs> um, I actually agree with Fazet that the worst is over. I mean, the, the noisiest part is over. There are still some Twitter files coming. Uh, Elon has announced he's going to nominate a, a CEO. I don't know who would take that job, but um, good luck to that person. Then the other thing is um, the product development that they're going to roll out. They've announced it will be in the next six to 18 weeks, right? So that is very short. And if they start monetizing uh, Twitter they want the, the way they want it, I, I actually like yesterday that message that maybe they're purchasing Substack, which I think is really a very good platform they could add there. Um, so if, if this all comes together that quickly, we will have quickly reassurance that Twitter is self-sustaining, cash flow positive, and won't be a bother on Tesla share price anymore. I'm not saying it's going to be quiet. I mean, if we ever hope that Elon is going to be a quiet person, he, he didn't buy this to be quiet, right? But I do believe that the issues that were of financial matters or that were of not enough revenue matters are going to be solved very quickly. And then yeah. Twitter will become the, the, the platform where people want to be because it's just 
the most interactive platform. I mean, anything else is boring, right? Facebook, Snapchat, even TikTok is boring today compared to Twitter. Okay. John, you got one minute on Twitter. Anything? Perfect. Can you hear me? I just want to make... Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Perfect. Sorry. I was just getting the setup set up a little bit earlier, but, um, so personally I'm, I'm really excited for what he's going to do at Twitter. Um, aside from a lot of the Tesla noise that's happening right now, um, we have one of the greatest entrepreneurs literally pulling his sleeves up and getting his hands dirty. Um, I think he even mentioned that, um, what has happened in the past, you know, six to eight weeks has been probably one of the, the biggest, transformations um, in history as far as acquisitions go. Um, I do think uh, we actually waited to release a couple of clips from our interview because we didn't want to cause any distractions to the actual um, acquisition when it was going to happen. But he talked about making this like WeChat. Um, so I'm personally like there's no other um, media platform out there that really brings to life the news as quick as you want it, literally with a snap of fingers, but really where, where it can go, right. And the interaction with pretty much anyone you want, it's a very flat economy. And that's what I love personally about Twitter. So I'm really excited, you know, how they're going to create a uh, yeah. content creator. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm, okay. yeah, I'm excited. For the future. Good. I, I believe same, I feel the same way you do. Uh, Joy. Yes. So um, Twitter. Oh, it's so messy right now. <laughs> but um, I personally am grateful that uh, Elon took it over and um, made it more transparent for everybody. Um, and unfortunately, it's gotten messy um, because now all the differing opinions are being heard and there are conflicts. Um, sadly, even within the Tesla community on Twitter that I, I've been seeing lately with, um, you know, people just going against one another. Um, but it reminded me of our national model, which is out of many one. So um, Twitter is um, going to be the public square for a lot of people to voice their opinions, whether you agree with it or not. Um, but I hope that people will be respectful of one another. Um, but personally, I do feel that Twitter has been a distraction for Elon. And I'm glad that he is going to have someone else take over uh, Twitter so that he can go back and focus on Tesla and SpaceX and his other ventures. Thanks. Okay, James. Uh, I think Twitter's not the real world and it gets too much attention. Um, and I think that what people say doesn't matter as much as what they do. It would be nice if we paid more attention to um, things that are happening in the real world, like what is happening at Tesla and what is happening at SpaceX and what's, or what's happening at Neuralink or the boring company or the companies that are out there like doing stuff. I don't want to say that communication doesn't, you know, that it's not relevant or it doesn't have its place but it gets an outsized slice of people's attention. And I find it kind of ironic that the Tesla community has been accusing Elon of being distracted by Twitter when, from my perspective, it seems like it's the Tesla community that's been distracted by it. Okay, perfect. Ellie. Ah, Twitter. I think Alexandra said it best is that, you know, the other platforms kind of feel boring now. I've been using social media for a long time and this is the most I've ever used Twitter. I was kind of doing that before Elon took over, but definitely now it's like 
it is kind of a mess, but I'm also on it probably too much. Um, but I would like to see someone like maybe Mr. Beast step in. And I know that he volunteered to be CEO, so uh, he might be a little crazy for that. But to see Twitter become a you know, creator economy and more incentives for people that are full-time creators on YouTube to be on Twitter. I think that we're going to see a lot of changes in 2023. And I think Mr. Beast would be a great fit for uh, that role because he just obviously knows so much about YouTube and what users and creators want in a platform. So, um, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. Jordan? Oh boy, there's a lot of different aspects to this. So, uh, I wrote down three three aspects. The first is, uh, is Elon's time at Twitter affecting Tesla's ability to execute? From my perspective, no. Um, now, as a platform, you know, I saw WeChat a decade ago, and it seemed like it was so much better than anything we had, like in the U.S. So this is it's high time we finally had um, a comprehensive social media platform that can perform. Uh, a lot of different functions, and I think it's going to be an exciting business to watch. Now, in terms of the the broader societal impacts, I think it's going to be one of the most important things that Elon did, because there was, um, uh, for, at least from my perspective, there was a monolithic narrative forming, um, and on on a lot of different topics, and uh, I feel like that was suffocating discussion on a lot of things, and it's uh, it's uncomfortable when you know, the Overton window has to reopen a little bit. Um, but I think overall, it's a, it's a very positive thing. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. Didn't you have a third thing? Or you, oh, those are know. three. There's uh, okay. like in relation to Tesla as a platform itself and then society. Okay. Earl, I guess you have nothing to say about Twitter, right? I, I just downloaded it. Uh, it's pretty cool app. <laughs> Given it a try. <laughs> okay, can um, you hold yourself to one minute on Twitter? Go. Yeah. Anything you want. Uh, you want to, You already had your conversation yeah. with Elon, well, so I think I think Twitter has gone exactly how I feared it would go, where it's kind of a disaster. You know, any guidance counselor would not have suggested social media um, CEO for Elon. He's an engineer, and he there's a lot of social nuances that. It's just, it's just been the struggle that I've expected. Um, but uh, like I also said, when he took it over, I'm excited to see what he does with the, with the platform. The guy's a success and he's probably gonna do really cool things with it. And this, this uh, beginning part will pass. I think we'll move from the, look at all the bad things the last people did to here's what I'm gonna do better. Um, so I'm waiting for those days, but um, it, it's gotta be a net positive for Tesla. I mean, he owns a great social media platform. So I think, I think in the end, it'll be good. Yeah. Jeff, did we get to you or did we skip you? Yeah. Uh, no, can you hear me okay better now? Yeah, better, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Um, no, just, I mean, I do have three things. Uh, one is I agree with Ellie's like, you almost need a product CEO, like someone who's really focused on the product can connect with consumers, uh, can connect with uh, advertisers. And then you actually need uh, someone kind of running the business and engineering side. Uh, and if you can't find one person to do both, it's, you, you may be better off getting the best person uh, for each of those. Uh, and then kind of Elon can go into more of a chairman uh, role and step back as soon as possible. So the earlier that happens, I think the better. I am excited. I mean, I know I know uh, some of the changes and some of the rhetoric isn't, you know, great or perfect, uh, but it's, it's to me, it's going to a place. It's not there yet. 
Uh, and I'm excited for the fact that, it, as Jordan said, we don't have this one kind of like monolith discussion. It's kind of more opened up. Um, so I think that's good. I think the effects that that's going to have on other social media platforms is what's going to be really exciting because I, I think others can't just continue doing uh, what they've been doing up to this point. And then the final thing is I think the power of Twitter, I mean, it brought this whole community together and it kind of, even if we're kind of going back and forth each other, we don't agree uh, and we disagree on topics. It's still kind of every day we kind of come back together and collect on this, uh, on this forum. So I think it's actually a good thing. Yeah. You know, I'm actually very, very optimistic. And I think that Twitter, Elon just said that Twitter is going to be very beneficial to Tesla and Tesla investors. We don't know how it's going to happen, but I, I think that that's going to happen. Um, and so while we are suffering right now, because Twitter was a real reason why the stock fell in the last two months, um, I think it's going to pay back to us eventually. So I'm very confident about that. And also now we're starting to see all the different things that Twitter is able to do that's going to be very beneficial to society and um, you know the things that he's promising that is going to happen. I can't wait for X.com to come, the X app, the everything app, and it's going to make our life better. We can't see it right now. And certainly there's been growing pains, but I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. So let's uh, kind of like open it up. Anybody can ask anybody questions. We've got 15 minutes. Let's just have a chat. Anything you guys want to talk about? I thought for sure we were going to talk about Cyber Rodeo. What? That happened like eight months ago. So we have <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Well, it's called you Cyber there. Recap. Well, if no one wants to talk about it, I'm not going to talk about it. Well, I, I, I do want to say, though, yesterday I, I went to the Peterson Automotive Museum here in L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, for the Tesla exhibit, and they had the Cyber Rodeo neon sign there. So I took a selfie with it just to kind of, you know, remember. Kinda, uh, what's, that, what's that word? Um, Reminisce. Thinking back, yeah, reminisce on, the, on what had happened at Cyber Rodeo. And then uh, a lot of uh, the things that they had on exhibit there, we actually, I actually, I mean, we actually saw them um, at, at the Cyber Rodeo. So uh, it brought back really fun memories for me. So if, for anyone who is in LA area or plan to make a trip out here, this exhibit runs until October 20th. 22nd, 2023. So you still have like 10 months. Um, highly recommended. It's very well curated. Um, it talks about the advancement, like really the history of Tesla, the history of Elon. Um, and it also talked about FSD technology, the battery technology, their, their sales model, how it differs from legacy auto companies and and uh, it also helps to fight FUD um, with the way that they display some of the things. So highly recommend it. And that's my little contribution to Cyber Rodeo. <laughs> I have a question for Farzad. Oh, God. Yeah. So in terms of the fundamentals, I think they're solid at the moment. And... Um, one thing somebody brought up with me yesterday, there's been, I don't know about you guys, but the DMS have been super active over the mm -hmm. past three to four weeks. There's been a lot of side conversations about what's going on. But one thing that came up is that, uh, because my understanding is Tesla employees, a lot of their compensation is like stock options, uh, stock, et cetera. So 
does the stock price going down as much as it has, does that affect the motivation uh, mm-hmm. of the employees? How does that affect them? That's a great question. Actually, I get that question a lot. Um, there's definitely a, a subset of the of the employee base that uh, look at the stock price and they're like, damn it. Of course, you know, it's, it's part of their livelihood, you know. Um, but from the standpoint, this is what I experienced while I was at the company. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't work there anymore. I haven't worked there for over a year. I do have friends that work there. Um, and typically the vibe is, uh, the stock is down, but we know what we're working on. We know that what we're, what we're working on is important. We believe that long-term this thing is going to be much bigger than it is now. And uh, oftentimes you're just too busy <laughs> to really have any emotions about it while you're there. And the work is so stimulating. And so, and it feels really important and big and difficult and challenging that it takes up so much of your you know, mental space that the stock price, even though you know, I'm sure the last few weeks have been very challenging for some, for sure, especially if you're you know, not an employee at the company and you have a lot of, say, of your net worth or a lot of your... Um, ability to operate as a human being from a financial standpoint, if it's tied to it a lot these last few weeks and months, it's super emotionally draining. I, and I, I concede that a hundred percent, but I, I do, I don't think, I think most employees just really don't care. And, uh, long-term because they, they, they're so confident that it's going to work out, but you know, I'm sure it's, it's like back of the head of like, Oh, this kind of sucks. You know, this kind of sucks. But at the same time, the really cool thing about working there is if you, you know, if you overperform and you do great, uh, you get bonuses in stock. You're able to buy the employee stock purchase program at 15% off on a much lower price, right? So there are there is a, a benefit to that. In addition to you, you do have a job and you do have income, right? You, it's like salary plus stock. So in the end, I don't think it makes a difference, and it allows people that perhaps weren't able to capitalize on say 10 or 20x growth back in 2019, 2020, theoretically, now they join the company. And if the company does what it says it's going to be, which is going to be largest company in the world by market cap, twice, you know, as big as Saudi Aramco and Apple combined, that's 10x from here. So if people go in now and they wait long enough, theoretically, they're able to ride that wave up. So for, for many that are sad about the time, it's, there's also an equal and larger amount of people that are looking at this situation as an opportunity to get in. And that's sometimes... Um, you know, sometimes we forget about that, but that's absolutely true. And yeah. Could yeah. I add a, a snippet on that as well? I think just in tech in general right now, like with all the companies laying off, even if it is going down again, just across the board, where exactly are you going to go? There's nowhere safe to go right now. Um, even if you wanted to, let's say, go to another, another automaker like Rivian or even Lucid, they're in worse situations right now. So it's just one of those things where even if they are a little bit disgruntled about it, I think, uh, sorry, the kids are kind of yelling in the background. But, um, uh, you know, it's just there's there's not really a lot of other places to go where you can say you're safe. All right. So I'll weigh in on that. I've, so I've ridden a uh, roller coaster at a tech company that had really highly volatile stock and where almost all the employees got a significant amount of their compensation. And if you if you watch the roller co- coaster over time, I mean, nobody likes in the moment to see the stock price go down. But the way these awards tend to go is that annually you get re-upped. So based on your performance or what your award was going to be, uh, you, you get a new award. And that new award is reset to whatever the current stock price is. So basically, 
uh, people on an annual basis are getting new awards. And um, if you go through a period of time when the stock price is really low, a side effect of that is that two or three years later after you recover from that slump, you have a lot of people who are incredibly happy because they ended up getting in really low. So over the long term, even if you're in a pretty volatile company, the the effect kind of shakes out. And of course, the mood is, you know, it's good when the stock is up and it's down when the stock is low. But in the, the thing that's important in the long run is, uh, I mean, the distraction is bad. The distraction of volatility is bad. But in the long run, um, it can be a way for you to retain employees that have been around uh, for a significant amount of time and who have a lot to contribute to the company. And I think having the stock price bounce around in a weird kind of way, it actually contributes to that effect. Very cool. I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, and are we going to finish here in seven minutes or are we going to go longer? Because like, We can go longer. I, but I, I do want to go back to what Ellie was saying about Cyber Rodeo, right? That was the first time many of us met each other. Although, Ellie, I didn't meet you then, I don't think. Uh, but it was a special time, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it really special? Like, it was like one of the heights. Like We were still in a high. And was that the peak? And are we ever going to get back to something like that again? Or... <laughs> Peak in what sense? Like the social peak for the community? Is that what you mean? Or well, I, I think so. I mean, uh, who was who went to Cyber Rodeo, right? We I was there and it was so exciting. It was fun, right? It's like you met each other for the first time and you've been getting together. We felt like the, the company was uh, on its way to success and greatness and nothing's going to stop this thing. Um, and we were all humbled. Well, I, I feel even more that experience um, again. You should come to the annual California Tesla Owner Takeover event. Right, John. When is that? Uh, July 29th through the 30th of 2023 in San Luis Obispo at the Madonna Inn. So we had uh, 2,200 people last year. Um, a lot of um, you know uh, Tesla influencers like yourselves uh, were there as well. Um, so really something to build on, but really, yeah, another, obviously we'll see if the, how they open up the product reveals and things like that. Um, but if there's not something like that, this is a really cool community run event. How do you manage charging, getting everybody out there at the Madonna Inn? Cause I mean, there's some good chargers, but nowhere near enough to service 2200 cars. It's funny you ask, uh, that's the, everyone's question. There's literally 60 stalls within 20 minutes and everyone charges literally at different times. Like there's literally, there was, there's been no lines the two years that we've done it in a row. There's no lines. People just like, right. I'll charge cool. Friday night. I'm literally good till Sunday. And then I, that gets me to the next uh, closest supercharger and then I'm good. I can attest to that. I went to it um, twice in a row. And I think the first year we were worried about it. And then this year we were worried about it again, but mm -hmm there is no problem whatsoever. That's good to hear. Is is the uh, Tesla community being fractured? You know, bulls fighting bulls um, because the Qs are winning. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, having, feeling... having watched this for a while, I'm not under the yeah. impression that this is a particularly bad, I mean, you know, there, you know, going through 2018, 2016, 17, 18, those are really rough. Uh, people legitimately thought the company might go out of business. Um, mm. I mean, the it, 
you, you could say that people on the Tesla side of thing were more unified because we had this clear external enemy, but, uh, but I, you know, I mean, the mood is kind of low right now, but it, it's not like it's always been better than this, right? It's, it's been really bad in the past too. I think there are two camps uh, in the so-called Tesla community. There's one camp of people that are actually owners um, that own the car and we, we, have the experience and we know what the product can do. And then another camp is uh, just straight up investors or maybe a third camp that has both. Um, but um, I think to me personally, my experience has been that there are a lot of straight up investors that are just trying to pump up the, um, the, the, the mm -hmm. stock mm -hmm. online um, and I think a lot of people went with that and they kind of lose sight of how the stock market performs and the overall, um, eco economy goes, it just, it just goes up and down, up and down. It's a cycle. Um, so that a lot of people are frustrated right now, but to me as a Tesla product owner, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I, I do have some investment, but I'm not like. I want to go die or like I need therapy, that type of thing. Um, so that, that, that's my take on it. Herbert, do you think it's fracturing? I, I like your answer a lot. Yours is exactly what I think it is, which is it's always been here. It's always like this. Um, and, uh, uh, but I do agree that because there was no longer this one art and arch enemy of ours, we end to pick up. You know, let's let's focus back on the the mission. Where do you guys think that the world will be in three to five years because of Tesla? And why did you? What is it that what drives you to be so passionate about this community? Go for it. Yeah. It's the tech is insane. The company is this totally unique opportunity in this. Like I've been watching companies for a really long time. I've never seen anything like this. It's a total phenomenon. Um, you know, it, how many companies can you just feel so unabashedly good for? Like once you get on, on the inside story and it's going to do great economically, it's going to do great things for the world. Um, you know, as a dork, the technology is insane. And like, I've never seen, there have been companies in the past where I thought that would be a cool place to work because they were working on some cool stuff. I literally have never seen companies that where I thought the culture at that company is so good that me as an engineer, like that's the place I want to work. I want to go work someplace where, you know, the way engineers think and the desire to get something done and to get something out the door and to have it be something important, not just to the bottom line, but that delights customers and that changes their life in a positive way. I've never seen a company with the potential for Tesla. And, and, and I'm the most excited about it now that, that, that I have, because all, you know, up until now there, you could have had stories, you could have thought, well, it might die. This technology might not work. You know, that there's, there's so much FUD, there's so much pushback. I mean, you step on a lot of toes of incumbents, you're going to get a lot of, of pushback, right? And th they're all the big advertisers. So all you see is gloom and doom in the media constantly. So sure, like that can all, that can all be down, but then you peel back the covers and you look at what's actually going on inside the company. And like, 
it's rocking. Like it's rock solid. That balance sheet with this cash flow, they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. They won, right? It's great. Yeah, and they're not stopping. There's all these other things that they're rolling out. Like, for instance, with the like when they did the semi delivery a couple weeks ago, just I mean, the first iteration of the semi that they did, well, five years ago now, it had four motors. Now they've cut back that down to three motors because they've increased the the power of, of those motors so much. And then on top of that, they put uh, that clutch uh, dual powertrain yeah. into into the semi. Just all these little things that they're doing around the edges. It's uh, people tend to focus on one or two things. And I, I think people get caught up in that. Uh, maybe it's because there's just so much to track that you can't possibly track at all. Um, but as a side note, I'm interested to see if uh, the powertrain that goes into the semi also goes into the cyber truck. So like if you're towing a heavy load or something like that, you disengage a couple of the motors and you get longer range. So it might have more range than people expected, but um, hmm. yeah, I, I, I I don't know yeah, if I'm I don't know if that'll that. go ahead. What's that? <laughs> I'm not seeing that. I mean, the trick is is kind of interesting, but it's not nearly mm. as important in a vehicle like a Cybertruck as it is as it is in the semi. Mm -hmm. I, that that would be my prediction is you wouldn't see a straight translation of that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's I think I think one of the main reasons why they put the triple motors into the semi was actually to recapture energy rather than for acceleration. So there might be some benefit for the Cybertruck, but I'm I guess where I'm driving with that is I, I'm just flat out excited about the Cybertruck and um, the street cred that the relationship between the semi and Cybertruck uh, is going to give to the Cybertruck because it's probably going to have like the same triple motor powertrain. But anyhow, I'm getting too techy here. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting over no way. About tech, so Jordan, don't, don't James getting techy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the techies took over. Let's go back to the mission, though. Anybody else? Ellie and uh, Jeff, do you guys have comments about what's what do you think two to three years from now? What's the world's going to look like? A lot more cyber. Well, cyber trucks on the road, period. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more of them and semis and hopefully a cheaper Tesla for people like me. <laughs> a robotaxi? Well, robotaxi, but also just like a cheaper model, right? Isn't that something mm -hmm. we're also hoping to learn more about? Do you, do, so do you, if, would people be excited about um, a cheaper model? So the, the, one of the things about the Cybertruck is the reason it, it looks the way that it does is it's an attempt to make a, a really durable but less expensive to manufacture vehicle. So if, uh, if, the, you know, if the inexpensive vehicle ended up being like a little mini Cybertruck sort of sedan version, do, do people think that would be a win or would it just be like too weird and you don't think it would succeed? I think it would be, I, I mean, I think we have, need to understand how, I mean, I think Cybertruck's going to be polarizing, but I, I think it's going to do well. I mean, you just look at the pent up demand, even if half of those or 40% of those go, there's years of demand on that one product line. So it'd be hard to ima imagine that it couldn't translate into a different form factor and potentially do well. But I think, you know, it's probably prudent to see how the, the truck does, but I think it's going to do well. I think in three to five years, it, the story about Tesla is just going to be scale. Um, 
it, it's going to be about because I remember 10 years ago when I'd be in the Bay Area, like, oh, I saw a Tesla drive by. It's pretty interesting. And it was very rare. And now when you go, it's it's a lot of the cars you see. But still, in the, I'm in the Midwest um, and there's a lot of Teslas, but it's it's not it's still not most of the cars you see are elect EVs are not most of the cars. So I think when I think three to five years ago, I think a couple of things, I think scale and hardware, I think scale and like real world AI and the ability to actually capitalize and use that in our daily lives. I'm using, you know, FSD in my cars. I'm using chat GPT now to do analysis on things. What am I going to be doing three to five years from now? So I'm excited about the ability to scale both in hardware and, you know, software and real world AI. Mind if I add a snippet on that? Yeah, I think um, I totally agree with Jeff. Um, really, I think the next three to five years is going to be all about scale with uh, Mexico potentially coming online and Korea. Um, and then also to the continual ramp of Austin factory, um, Shanghai, and even Berlin. Um, there's just going to be a lot that's going to be happening. And then you still have Buffalo and Sparks, Nevada, all those factories just pumping um, batteries, uh, cars out. Um, and then also, too, I'm really excited to see where FSD is going to be. Um, and then along with uh, the cheaper car, right, which is uh, I think what Franz was potentially alluding to is like what he's most excited about is potentially this you know new product. It could be the cheaper car. Maybe it's something else. But um, if they pump that out, it'll be one really interesting to see, like, you know, where are they going to do that out of uh, which factory, um, if not multiple factories. Um, but that's that's what I think is going to happen in the next three to five years as as we look back is it's all going to be about scalability along with, you know, adding some new products along the way with FSD ramping. You know, my thoughts are that this is the most consequential company in the world. We are watching history in the making. There's a reason why we are all here as a community and the community is very large. We actually see a company that's accomplishing what they have sought out to do, which is the biggest problems on earth, right? There is now clearly a accelerating the transition to sustainable energy. Every single car manufacturer is now creating electric vehicle. There has been significant movements in, a, in an energy. There is now going to be the bot coming out. And in three to five years, that's going to start to show its capability and start giving it a glimpse. And what you guys also said earlier is what gets me so excited was that three years ago, no one was talking bots and no one's talking about, uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on my mind right now, but there's like every single year, there's something brand new that is being introduced. And so two to three years from now, there's going to be, uh, you know, some sort of VTOL airplane. There's going to be some sort of maybe world hunger. <laughs> Who knows what uh, Elon himself is going to do. He's very likely going to start a net new company, which he does every three years. And each of these companies seem to be progressing and succeeding. And so, you know, this is the most important company in the world and we are part of it. So I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm just very, very optimistic what's going to happen. But um, any kind of like closing thoughts from everybody? Well, I, I just want to echo what um, others have just said about, you know, the, the next three to five years. I personally bought this car because of the technology, not because of the environment. Um, so I'm very excited to see what other applications Tesla will, um, or other new products, uh, that Tesla will come out and with these technologies that they're developing. It's not just the car, but the, the software, the AI, the, 
the deep learning, um, you know, the robots, um, the FSD technology, I, I'm thinking they can branch out into other things. So that's what I'm most excited about. Nobody going to do any predictions? I can't get James to predict? Pr predict. Let's, can you, okay, have to answer me in 10 seconds or less, okay? When is RoboTaxi going to be live? 2425. When is a bot going to be sold to a consumer? Uh, 27. When are you going to buy uh, Farzad's next t-shirt? Because I noticed you're not wearing his anymore. <laughs> I have, I still have to give him feedback on the other one. It's a great t-shirt, <laughs> by the way, Farzad. It's really, no, I, I paid for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I bought that shirt. It's I tried a to send it to him for free, and he Everybody ended up buying buy it anyway. One. It's very <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. Everybody, wonderful. Thank you for so much Great for supporting the Tesla community. We all needed this today. Thank you, Herbert. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Okay, bye, everyone. Thank you, Herbert. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody.